What up, social media? Mike here with Charles at Home Bottom Sense Solutions. What's up? And today, Charles, man, we got a, a special, special guest. Special guest. Special, special guest with Ricardo. From Houston, Texas. From Houston, Texas. Actually, Texas. from Katy, Texas. Katy? I come from Katy, yeah. Katy, but I'm, I'm closer to San Antonio, you know? H-Town in the house, all right? Yes, sir. H-Town, Tampa, Florida, all over, man. We we are all over the place, so. One of the main players from Whole Skating Live, so we'll be talking about that. So, yeah. a great podcast, guys, man. We're going to have Ricardo on here. He's going to share about Whole Skating Live, the big event coming up, guys. If you guys don't know about it, you're going to know about it today. He's going to share some tips and tricks. The Whole Skating is how to Whole Scale, man, and I, I'm telling you guys, this one's going to be a, a huge, huge podcast, um, and you guys are going to want to watch this. So, Ricardo, we're going to chit-chat about yourself yeah for those who don't know who you are you know you're kind of your past present where you're headed and of course the big ticket item I think is, is wholesaling so stay tuned guys because we get into that and you're not going to want to miss this All right, guys, <laughs> we're back. Ricardo kind of chit-chat about what he yeah. does on behind the scenes, man. But, Charles, aren't we so honored to have to have Ricardo here? Man, dude. I, I am honored to be here, guys. Um, man, we're honored to have you here. Well, it's an honor for both you know, of us. Then. Hey, so, huge honor here. So it's an honor for both of us. Ricardo, man, we've been following you guys with the Hostelling Live. And, man, uh, I really want to get into that. We had the pleasure of meeting you, what, a month ago, maybe? Yeah, about, about a month ago, yeah. Yeah, about a month, month and a half ago. We met, at, we met Ricardo at a great event. Ricardo was kind enough to come here to the office here at Home Bottom Sun Solutions. And Man, yeah. I, we had a great day that day. It was a great day. It was a long night. Yeah, it yeah. was a long night. And then it was a long drive for me, but it was it was completely worth it. I, I enjoyed it. Man, it was, a, it was awesome, man, because um, I think we shared with you that night that, you know, Michael and I, we started in this business, but we, we've never had mentors, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, we just ground and pound, man, and the ground and pound, and... And we taught ourselves a lot of stuff, you know, talking to people and just doing it, you know. But uh, that night, man, I'm going to tell you something, man. When you left and you just opened up everything that you do, we're like, wow, that's pretty awesome. And yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you guys, right? I, I, I started in real estate with no mentors. And I actually was looking for mentors. Mm. It's just I couldn't find one. I, you know, I saw a lot of gurus out there, but I didn't know if they were real. Um, I really want to learn from somebody that can show me this is how you buy a house, this is how you flip it, this is how you do this. And I, I asked questions and people were like, oh, just I just do stuff. You know, they, they wouldn't tell me what they were doing or how they did it. So I kind of like had to go on my own and, and, and experience it the hard way, I would say. So every mistake and error that a real estate investor has made, I'm still making them. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, now I'm not making the same ones I made in the past, yeah. right? But every day I'm discovering new new things that where I'm messing up or whatever. But just to tell you a little bit about myself, um, I grew up in Venezuela, uh, Maracaibo, uh, which is a city where every kid gets bullied, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, we bully each other. It's like, that's the norm. The norm. Now, if, if, if in today's standards, I think most of those kids would have went to jail or something because we were <laughs> bad, okay? 
Uh, so you had to survive. It was a, it was an environment, uh, sort of like a thug environment without the thug thing behind it. It was just bad people, man. Like, yeah. uh, bad kids trying to bully other kids, right? So I grew up doing that, uh, being bullied, and also bullying others because yeah. you know it's kind of like I don't know it's some that's, sort of that's the mindset we grew up in. Right, right. So uh, I grew up there. By the time, by the age of seventeen, I was a complete mess. Um, never got into drugs or any of that, but I was a full-time alcoholic. I started drinking when I was 12. 12? Yeah, 12 years old. Drinking, yeah, because in, in Venezuela, if, if you can go to the liquor store, uh -huh. you can buy. There's, like, back then, they wouldn't check for IDs or just say, give me a pack of cigarettes and, <coughs> and, um, and a box of beer for us is actually 36 beers on one big plastic square yeah. deal, right? So uh, we'll just go get drinking, you know, Next thing you know, you're drinking every day and you're partying every day. So anyways, I was a complete mess and I was kind of like flunk, you know, flunking school. Like I didn't do well. And my dad said, look, man, if you graduate school um, in during summer, because you can flunk, but then during summertime, you can take the test again. And if you pass, then you're good. You, you graduate. And, and he's like, but I really don't know. If you couldn't do it in a year, how are you going to do it in three months? And I was like, yeah, I think I can do it. And he's like, if you do that, then we'll move to Miami, Florida. Um, and I was how like, was, I was 17. And okay. I was like, Miami, what? It's like, Miami? I've been to Miami. I kind of like Miami, you yeah. know? Yeah. And he goes, yeah, man, we'll move to Miami. And, um, you know, hopefully you'll go to college there. And I'll get you a new car. We'll rent an apartment. And sure enough, man, I passed my five classes that I had flunk. And um, three days later, I was on my way to Florida. Real wow. quick, what did, what did your parents do in Venezuela? Insurance. So insurance. my dad is in the insurance business. He's a very successful man. Uh, now he lives in Florida, in Miami. And um, he, uh, he owns a huge, large brokerage insurance um, agency in Central and South America. Mm -hmm. wow. So so yeah, he's he's doing big things. Okay, so seventeen, you came here to the United States or Miami. We came here in Miami, and uh, I started going to college, and then I found my ways. So <laughs> I started doing a lot of what I was doing in Venezuela. I I started hanging out with the wrong crowd again. Yeah. Um, or the right crowd, right? Because if you're having fun, then it's the right crowd. Um, but uh, quickly, I started dating and this and that, and before you know it, man, I have a daughter. Uh, I was nineteen years old when my daughter was born. That sort of changed my life. Yeah. Because now I'm like, I can't continue to be a drunk. Uh, I got to kind of like get my priorities straight. I got to supply food for a kid now that, yeah. you know, and insurance and all, all of those things. And what do I do? And at the time I was working for my dad and I had already quit going to college because I didn't like college. College wasn't my thing. Um, what, were I, what were you going for? Business. Business because my dad told me to go to business. Uh, but I really, I wanted to work. All I wanted to do, I would tell my dad, dad, I just want to go to work. He didn't want me to go through what he went through. So, because he's an entrepreneur as well, and he's a son with a, with a degree, many opportunities are gonna open up for you. So, um, that was the clash that we had. So, I was working for him, and I got to hear it every day. You gotta go to college, you gotta go to college, you gotta go to college. And then, you know, I started misbehaving and this and that, and one day we just, we just had it and, and I left. So I became an entrepreneur back then. I had a little bit of money saved. Um, and uh, I started buying cell phones and sending them to Venezuela because I, I knew a lot of people in Venezuela, right? And Venezuela does not produce electronics. Mm -hmm. So I figured if I can buy a bunch of cell phones and send them, uh, send them there, I can make a little bit of money. 
and in about six or seven months, I already had three stores open. Wow. I had employees. I had little phones here and there. Wow. I was selling a lot of cases. What year was this? Oh, this is 1997. I don't know why I want to say years. How about how old were you then? Uh, yeah, I was I was 19, 20. 19? Did yeah. you miss the yeah. pager? The pager craze. Oh, I had a pager, but it was, yeah, that was after the pager. Where's Alejandro? Uh, Does you know what that yeah. is? No, no, they, they have no idea. They know what it is. <laughs> they see, they think it's some sort of weird device, right? Yeah. Um, no, I had a pager, but no, this is kind of like back in the StarTech days, right? Motorola, yeah. uh, the flip ones with the big batteries, the fat batteries on top. I yeah. mean, these things were badass, right? <laughs> um, dude, that, to, to this day, I still think those are the best cell phones ever. Uh, what we have now is computers. They're, they're different. Yeah, they're computers. They're computers. But um, long story short, after a year in that cell phone business uh, or the accessories business, because I was making more money selling cases than I was selling cell phones. Mm. Wow, more um, affordable or what, quicker? It quicker and right. people will lose them and they want more and cables and chargers and All the accessories. And you buy those things for cents on the dollars, right? And then you resell them for five bucks, six dollars or whatever. So the margins are huge. Um, what happened was I had already like built up a, like a fifty thousand uh, dollar little capital, working capital that I had. At nineteen. Yeah, and I had another. I had a buddy of mine. Um, his name is Jamel. That he owned a store that were wholesalers for for these things. And he said, "Man, you bring me fifty grand, I front you another fifty. So now I got a hundred thousand dollars worth of buying power." And now I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna expand, I'm gonna scale, you know. And here I'm buying a hundred grand worth of uh, equipment and, and cases, and I send all these things to Venezuela, man. And when I open up the doors of the container, this thing was empty. So they stole all my 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 equipment, everything. Damn. Man. And talking about like being depressed, I was like, what do I do now? Because now I owe fifty thousand dollars to somebody else. I don't have my fifty grand anymore. And I have empty shelves and employees that I, I, you know, I don't have anything to do, you know. So a buddy of mine had a little bit of money and he came in today and he's still in this business until today. What, the cell phone business? Yes. Yeah. And he came in and he said, Ricardo, I know you're in a bind, man. I want to help you out. Uh, him and his father, actually. Um, what do you have? And I said, well, I got these three stores. I got these, you know, licenses to go buy, sell, um, like, phone lines and that that had value um and he's like look what do you need i said like, give me 50 grand and this thing is yours but i was just trying to get the money to pay my my yeah. my debts and then kind of like move on and that's exactly what i did actually he didn't give me quite 50 he gave me a little bit or less so i, I worked out a little payment plan with the guy that gave yeah. me but they were cool with it they said yeah man no problems it's okay did you uh, speak english when you got here i spoke a little bit of it i spoke english because i always was around English, yeah. but it wasn't perfect. Like you can tell, I wasn't from here. You know, you're like your words don't add up or whatever. Yeah. The accent was completely screwed up. Um, so, and in Miami, I didn't speak English either. You don't have oh, to. Like, yeah, like Miami, who yeah. speak? In, he speaks English in Miami. Like very few people. It's all Spanish driven. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I, I sold the the stores to my friend uh, Ernesto, and um, until today, he's still running them. Now he's got them in Miami. He's he's grown a lot, and he saved my life back then, right? Wow, that's awesome. Um, so, I, but I went back to Miami now, empty-handed, and I didn't have a business anymore. I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And and now I have a little girl, and 
man, I, I, I was completely lost. I didn't know where to go. And I actually ended up on my mother's couch. And I'm watching TV. I'm 21 years old now. And uh, I'm like, man, what do I do with my life? Now, one thing I knew is that I had already partied my ass off to where I didn't have to party anymore. Yeah. So that was kind of like done and over with. I'm like, man, I don't need to do this anymore. I really want to get my life straight. And I got to see a U.S. Navy commercial. And I was like, hmm, U.S. Navy? Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, I can see myself traveling and being on boats and maybe yeah. dressing in, in whites and stuff like that. And, and I, I drove into the, to the, to the U.S. Navy recruiting office and I, I remember this guy comes out and his name is Ricardo Rosado, not Rosales, like my dad, Rosado. And I was like, man, that name is too close to my, this is a sign from the universe. Yeah. And little did I know, and I signed up that day to join the Navy. That's so cool. I joined the Navy, did four years. Uh, I was on a minesweeper in Ingleside, Texas, not far from San Antonio. Uh, after a year and a half that I was on a station on that ship, I actually got an apartment not far from here. Mm-hmm. And I was coming on the weekends and served four years and then I didn't want to stay in the Navy for many different reasons that I don't want to get into right now but I would see oil rigs in the in the Gulf of Mexico and I said man I'm a mechanic on the ship I'm going to assume that mechanics on the rigs make more money and I started looking for jobs offshore about a year before I got out by the time I got out of the Navy, I had 19 job offers, but they were all in Houston. That's how I ended up in Houston, because I had no family in Houston. Mm-hmm. I didn't even care for Houston. I didn't like Houston. It was flat. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, my God, it's a huge city, a lot of traffic. Yeah. Uh, I still don't care for it, to be honest with you, but I live there. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I'm grateful to Houston, to be honest with you. Uh, it's brought a lot of good things to my life. Um, but um, I went and joined the oil field after that, and I, I, I had a great career in the oil and gas business for... I would say since 2005 all the way to 2015, um, made a ton of money, traveled all over the world, uh, got to meet people from all sorts of different cultures, uh, rich people, poor people. I worked in Africa, Australia, lived in Singapore, Malaysia, Brazil, uh, did stuff in Canada. So I, I got to see the world. Wow. And I, I was, was, get, I was getting ago? paid for it. Said 2015, so that's just four years ago. Yeah, that was four years ago. Okay. But in 2008, while I was working offshore, now I had a little bit of money in the bank, but I didn't want to be like my friends that worked offshore. So, and what I mean by that is these guys are real players. Mm-hmm. When I mean players, I mean they go make money, but they go spend it as fast as they make it. Yeah. yeah. And they buy trucks and boats and RVs. I mean, every toy that you can think of, these guys have them. Well, I didn't have the need for that because I'm like, ah, man, toys for me don't make, don't, don't make me a better man. Yeah. Uh, what do I do with my money? So I wanted to see, I wanted to do real estate, but I didn't know how to, I didn't know really how to get involved. I didn't know that you could do real estate with no money down, none of those things. And I watched this show, Flip This House. Yeah. And I remember there was a guy from San Antonio on the show <laughs> And I'm looking at this guy making 30 grand, 40 grand a, a, a pop, right? And I was like, he's doing that? I can do that. Uh, San Antonio, right? And you're just down the street? Yep. I was just down the street. But I mean, I didn't know much about it. Uh, right. I, I, had, I had money. I had a little bit of time because when I was not on the rig, I was off. <laughs> so I started researching about this. Um, I actually bought his book and everything. I went and read it. Um, started applying step by step what... The, the, the guy was calling on the book and 
found out what a harmony loan was and I started going to networking events. And that's how I started doing real estate. And I think after six or seven months after getting, you know, interested in real estate, I bought my first property. Um, Where was that one at? Pasadena, Texas. So it was uh, east of, of Houston in, in a small town, Pasadena, refinery town. Mm-hmm. Um, house was built in the 40s, I think. This house was on pier and beam. And one of the things that gurus say, don't buy pier and beam houses, right? There I go. I go buy my first pier and beam house. This thing had fell from the block. So it was leaning like that and it was boarded up by the city. So I paid... Um, How'd you find a deal? Through a wholesaler. So, so back then in Oi? Oh yeah, yeah. This, this this guy was a rock star, man. I remember okay. him. He was on flip flops and Bermudas, and he was collecting checks. He was making a ton of money, cause he was kind of like the only game in town. All bandit signs. That's all he did. Uh, uh, his name is Jeremy Moritz. Still in the game? I don't know. Uh, I think I ran into him a couple of years ago at a Quest IRA deal, and he re- recognized me. Hey, man, I remember you. I saw you a few houses. I'm like, yeah. What are you up to? So we started catching up. Uh, but I don't know if he's still up because I haven't yeah. seen him around. Um, but uh, I remember when I bought that house, I paid—I uh, would say I paid thirteen or fourteen for it. I can't really remember the exact amount. He made nine, and I was like—I was in disbelief. I was like, "This guy made nine grand on a house that I'm paying thirteen thousand dollars for." I don't—I don't understand. He's making more than the seller. And uh, anyways, I went and <laughs> I started hiring people to go work on the house. And next thing you know, uh, my guys are working on it, and the city is showing up with a with a with a thing to demo the house, and and they're calling me and saying, "Hey, Ricardo, you gotta get here. They're gonna take the house down." I said, "Take the house down? What are you talking about?" <laughs> so the house was condemned. It was condemned. Yeah. It was condemned. And um, long story short, the guys kind of like felt sorry for me, and they said, the "Look, city? yeah." They said, "Look, man, go talk to the city. See if they're not gonna let you pull a permit because we've seen that you're trying to fix it." And we don't really want to take it down if you're going to fix it. So I went and managed to pull permits, um, and we started working on it. But it was a huge learning experience, man. Every thug in the neighborhood showed up to do a job on the house and took my money. The AC guys took money from me. I, I didn't have a mentor, so I didn't have a way to you know, protect myself. I, I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. Um, still... That deal ended up being a slam dunk after four years because I finished it. Now I finished it in 2009, going on 2010 probably. And it was 2009 when I finished it and it wouldn't sell. I mean, this is the worst time. You know, the market is completely tanked. It's completely down. Other banks are closing. Every, like, nobody's getting approved for loans. And I put the house for sale and my realtor would tell me, Ricardo, we had all these people asking him, asking if you want to rent it. And I was like, no, 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 I need my money out. I need to recuperate my losses and, and, and kind of like move on to the next one. And she's like, well, I don't know if you're going to be able to do that because we've been on the market for like three or four months and all we get is people trying to rent it. And I was like, I started thinking about it. I was like, look, can you give me a thousand bucks and rent for it? So she's like, let me try. And finally she came to me and she said, look, I got somebody offering 900 bucks, but they're very well qualified. Credit is good. Um, and at that point, I was like, yeah, man, just bring him in. I just don't want to have that house vacant anymore. Because um, I, I, somebody stole the copper from the AC, you yeah. know. So so now I want to put a tenant that way nothing else will walk away from the house. I was all in, I think it was 60, 60 to 65. I don't really, really remember the exact amount, but it was lingering around those numbers. 
and I was supposed to do it with like 50. So I was, I wasn't bad. I was 15K over the budget, but back then 15K was a lot of money. Yeah. I bet. Okay. Um, four years later, I sold that house for a hundred grand plus cash flow, nine, uh, 900 bucks. Actually when the rent ended up going up to a thousand at some point. So I know I collected in rent at least 48 to $50,000 and then a hundred grand, so $150,000 on $65,000 investment. On your first property? On my first property. Now, after that, uh, then I started hanging out with guys that were like buying a lot of these cheap houses, fixing them up and renting them out. And we, they kind of like show me their, their process. They're like, look, man, this is simple. Just go get a Harmony loan, get a house, buy it, and then fix it up fast, put somebody in it. And then refi, right? And I started doing that rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Was the the refis, was that before the crash or after the crash? Uh, during the crash, actually. The uh, crash. So, yeah. So, I, I so before the crash, or before, I would say before, before the new regulations came out, yeah. I had 11 Harmony loans on my name. Mm. And I remember when the new regulations came out, I couldn't refi. I was stuck yeah. on, on 11 houses. I didn't know what to do. They were all like high percentage because a harmony loan at 15% was normal. Yeah. 15, 16%, I, that's what I was paying for back then. So I was like, man, how do I refi these things out? Like, a lot of the, the, back then, a lot of people don't know, but there was a lot of commercial banks that were primarily for investors. Mm -hmm. Investment banks, you could go to do 10 deals with them, you know, but then a lot, a lot of those went away. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they were doing blanket loans, is yeah. what they call them, right? So that's what I was doing. I was getting to about 10, yeah. and then refi them on a blanket, and then go to for the next 10 and refi them onto a blanket. So we, I got like that to 47 houses. Great. Uh, what year was this? This is now 2011, probably. Yeah. Doing the same thing, hard money, rent, That's it. Yeah, because I had a job. I didn't, mm, that's what I didn't have to, Yeah. that was not what I did for a living. Now, I had a problem and a challenge. Half of my houses were making money, the other half were not. Because yeah. now some of the people were not paying rent. Mm -hmm. And I, has, I started going through eviction processes and, and, and that was me putting the wrong people on houses because I was desperate to put somebody on a house because yeah. I needed to make that payment. Uh, and if they looked like they were sort of qualified, man, they were in, that's it. I was a motivated landlord to put somebody on one of those houses. Landlord, man. Yeah. Um, so, I started like, okay, I'm gonna do like cash for keys or something because I don't want them to trash the houses because I rehab them well. So I use this flooring that you guys got here, the granite, I mean, the whole nine yards. I, these were little houses that were rehabbed very well because I wanted to flip them all, but I ended up just keeping them. So as soon as they started defaulting, I would call them up and said, hey, um, I know you're going through tough problems. You know, uh, life is like that. I'm the same, you know, I go through my own challenges as well. Um, this is what I'm willing to do. You haven't paid me in the last 30 days. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you 30 more days for you to figure out where you're going. But the only thing I ask is that you leave the place in pristine condition so I can sell it or rent it again. Do we have a deal? And they always said yes. I never had a house trashed. They cleaned it up. I, sometimes they even put blinds on my houses. You know, I was like, oh, I got, now I got blinds on the houses. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize that, that sometimes you can give up time Right, like you did, or in some cases, like Mike and I will call someone up and say, Hey, I know you can't pay, you know, but why don't let us help you 
let us help you get you to a better situation where we can help you get in the future and uh, you know we may get them an apartment you know pay their first month's rent or something because mm-hmm. the last thing you want was to trash your house yeah I didn't want them to trash the house so yeah they were they were cleaning up the house I still have to go set a cleaning crew or something to make sure it was good but then we'll put it up on on, on the market and they started to sell so at two, in 2012 all these houses started selling one by one but one by one and i wasn't getting rich i was maybe making 15 grand 20 grand here five grand there some houses i was just willing to walk away from it because i didn't want the liability so i think at the end of 2012 going into 2013 i had a clean slate i had gotten rid of all these houses that i didn't want to deal with i found that i didn't really like being a landlord but i thought it was because the type of neighborhoods that i was focusing on so I started investing in B neighborhoods instead of D and C's like yeah. I was before. So I kept on going the same route. You know, I was buying houses in, you know, Clear Lake, uh, Friendswood. Um, you know, I was away. Like, if it, if it looked like the ghetto, I didn't want to be there uh, because it brought me flashbacks. Like, I, there was one specific area in Houston that I didn't drive by for years. Yeah. Like, I was like, I'm staying away from there because yeah. driving through there gets me all the, all the feelings, you know, all the remembering everything that I went through. So, and Houston is not, I want to say if I'm correct, Houston is not zoned, right? As far as? Like, you can have, like, certain neighborhoods look one way and then certain neighborhoods look a different way. The right? only the only places that are zoned are like historical districts and, yeah. and things like that. But uh, no, like for the majority of the part, you, I mean, you can change change the looks of the house and all that. Yeah. Unless it's, it's historic. If it's historic, then you, can, you yeah. can't do nothing to it. But um, I started doing these other rentals and um, I thought being a landlord was like my end goal uh, in life. I just, I had a good job. I was making good money. Um, I'm not a job hater. So for the people out there that got a job and you love it, keep doing it. You know, you just got to load up on houses. Yeah. Uh, be smart about it, right? So that was my, my, my tactic. I was like, man, I got a good W-2. Banks love me and I'm going to get as much as I can. But something started happening. My friends that thought I was crazy at the beginning started approaching me now. The oil field, yes. Yes, they're like, hey, um, how do you, how are you doing these rentals, man? And how are you doing these flips? Because now I have some flips going too. Yeah. Like some houses were selling, so things were moving along better. And I was like, man, I don't know. I just go and, and and buy them and you know use harmony loans and then I refi them. And they're like, you can do what? And that's zero money out of pocket. And I was like, for the most part, yeah, I, I just sign and get a house. And so a couple of them came to me and said, man, can you mentor us? I was like, sure. Here's a whiteboard. This is how it works. So I started explaining right away. Yeah. And they're like, okay, what do we need to do? So I put them in contact with Harmony Lenders. That way they can get approved. Um, and and then they're like, okay, let's do this deal, but I want you to be on it. And I was like, I don't have a problem. Let's go JV on this thing. So now I just created all these JVs. So we had all these, like, 10 guys, man. All six figures, income, W-2s. They live below their means. So they looked like they made money. Uh, they had money in the bank, and now we're buying all these houses and buying them, flipping them. And you're, make, you're making money on all of them. On all of them, yeah. We're not making a ton of money. We're making a little bit of money because it's all cash flow, right? But so, you're making money, though. But we're making money, yeah. and you know all this. Now our net worth was going like 
I remember one on walked to a bank one day and they told they told him he was worth two million dollars and he called me freaking out. It's like, dude, did the banker tell me I'm worth two million bucks? And I was like, yeah. I mean, that's all the equity you got in all these houses. Yeah. Now equity is not real until unless you cash it. Yeah. So it's what I say. Um, so, so we're doing this thing and then uh, 2014, 2015 starts rolling around and the oil field starts dipping a little bit. And when the office starts dip, dipping a little bit, my, my, all my friends that were ha- uh, rehabbing and buying houses with me, uh, they they got busier. So they they didn't have time to 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 go to the rehabs. They didn't have time to go look at for contractors. So we created a company called We Flip It For You, where hey man, just bring your money, bring your credit, and we're gonna go and take over and do the whole thing for you. And we started buying houses left and right. Now I was buying strictly from the MLS. I was not buying from wholesalers at the time because the wholesalers had kind of like dried up the market and now they were selling houses at like 85 cents on the dollar and I didn't understand. I was like, where's the profit for me? There's no profit there. Every deal that I'm getting, is it doesn't have meat on the bone. Um, and um, so Dennis and I just met in 2014, I think it was, and he, he was a realtor and he said, man, you're doing all these deals. How can I help you? And I was like, Man, you got a license, you know, give me access to the MLS and I'm gonna show you how I buy my houses from the MLS. I'm gonna show you a trick that way now I got a second set of eyes looking for properties. Because remember, I'm only buying maybe two or three houses a month, maybe. So I don't need a lot of infrastructure. I just need time yeah. in front of the computer to cherry pick and negotiate. So now I got a second set of eyes and now he starts sending me houses and I'm like, I'm looking, I was like, yeah, this is good. No, this is not good. This is not good. Oh, this is good. And we start buying, but that dried out as well, because I guess there was there was a lot of other guys like myself, mm-hmm. and I want to continue buying more because now I have more money than ever available through lenders and private money started showing up, and all my friends are good net worth, good cash on the bank, W twos. I mean, this is like a perfect scenario to go buy a hundred of these things and and start buying in chunks. And then the oil field takes a dip. And then all my friends start getting laid off. And now the W-2s are not there anymore. What year is this? This is 2015. I still have a job. So I'm making good money. Um, but now I'm, I see all the friends getting laid off and, and people are panicking and and then I get laid off. So I get laid off in August. Oh, that was a blessing. Cause I didn't know <laughs> what was possible outside of yeah. what I was doing, right? So, but I get laid off and I remember when I got laid off, I was like, I wasn't mad at the company. I wasn't mad at my boss or, or his boss or whoever made the decision to get rid of us. Uh, I was mad at myself because I was like, why did I let myself? Now, the last two years, I didn't enjoy the job anymore. So I was just there for a check. Um, I, I wasn't liking what I was doing. Uh, I, I started to discover a bunch of the stuff behind the scenes that happening corporations and I was like, oh, this is ugly. I don't like it. It doesn't go with my core values. Um, so when I got laid off, I remember I was dri- driving home and I said, I would never be in this position ever in my entire life ever again to where somebody dictates whether I make money or not. Yep. And I said, I had two choices. One of them was to do real estate full time because of what I had going on. Uh, I just didn't know how fast I could make money to replenish my income because I had a high income and not only did I take care of myself, but also some 
family members and my daughter going to college and I was paying for my mom's vehicle and mother-in-law lives with us. So a lot of responsibilities, right? And I was like, man, how can I make money? Flipping houses, I guess, is the only way to where I can make as much as I, I, I make and be free. So I learned how to become a, a wholesaler, but a wholesaler for our own acquisitions. Yes. So we start, I, Danny said, look, man, I read on bigger pockets somewhere that you can send some yellow letters and postcards, <laughs> and that's how we get directly to people. And I said, I laughed. And you know what? It's funny. Let's see if you said that. It's because, you know, now, I was just having a conversation with one of the guys yesterday. I'm like, now you can go on YouTube and literally just learn all the, everything, all the tactics, all the strategies, and and uh, and uh, before, you know, everybody's trying to how do you do this? How do you do that? How do you do this? Was, yeah. So I asked him. I said, Dennis, how do we get more leads, man? How do we get in front of people? And he's like, I heard that sending yellow letters and postca postcards will 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 get us in front of the right so, people. So we're getting into wholesaling. Yeah. Before we get into wholesaling, yeah, take a minute. All right. Because we talked about Venezuela. Yep. And I've, I've always been a firm believer, someone who comes from another country, like for example, Manny, who was in the office. I always think from another country, now out of your story may be different than Manny's story, because I know Manny came from humble beginnings. They always have more of a drive. They always have more of a drive to, to be successful. But uh, that's cool, man. I mean, from, from phones. Starting scaling from oh, the all over the place to the oil to to uh, I think a lot of people still use that same technique, right? Hard money by refi. Nothing wrong with that. I'm but we're getting to wholesaling, and that's that's where it comes in. But man, all right, now here comes the tips and tricks for wholesaling. Now, one thing I missed <coughs> when I got laid off from the oil field, mm -hmm. I was running already a hundred and twenty million dollar product line. So, what that gave me was I was already thinking in big numbers. I was thinking large. I had 500 employees on my product line that they didn't report to me directly because he'll go crazy. But I had maybe five or six that channel all the way down through the tree, okay? Um, and I was negotiating $40 million contracts. And so I was like, man, what if I can negotiate for myself? Now, I remember I, I awarded a $38.5 million contract to a company and that was like the deal of the decade for them. Wow. And I was only making my salary. But I was negotiating that deal like if it was for me. Mm. And my thinking was, man, if I can negotiate a deal like that for myself, I just become a multimillionaire overnight just because of that one deal. Because if I only make a 1% on the commission, yeah. it's a ton of money, yeah. right? So that's when I started thinking, how can I work for myself? How, what can I do for me? Like, I want to do this full time. I want to negotiate for my own benefit. And... I asked Dennis, like, how do we do this? And he tells me about the postcards and the yellow letters. And I laughed at him. I was like, what? Are you crazy, dude? Like, we send postcards and people call? He's like, yeah, that's what I read on Bigger Pockets. And I was like, okay, man, how much do we need to spend on that? And he's like, uh, what's the budget? And I was like, there's no budget. I don't know how it works. You know, how many do we send? How many calls do we get? Anyways, we sent 500 just because we didn't know what we were doing. We, yeah. didn't, we picked a, a list that we had no idea what we picked. But we, we had a list, and we get two houses out of there. And on one of the houses, if I would have wholesale that I could have made 20 grand, and on the other one, if I would have wholesale that I could have made maybe another 10 to 15. But I kept them because I was in buying mode. I was buying thinking mode. as a buyer all the time. And and then we went and upped the marketing. Now we're sending 2,000 pieces, and we get more. 
and I'm buying more. And now I got private money because now people are finding out about about ourselves that we're doing eight to nine rehabs at the same time. So they're like, you're doing what? And how are you getting these deals? Because that was a challenge. So, oh, I get, I got my own funnel. I get it myself. So I just send all these yellow letters and postcards and we get our own houses. So it got to the point to where we're spending probably ten to $15,000 a month in mailers only. But now we got, I don't know how many houses under contract, like five to 10 at least at a minimum. And if you're doing a $10,000 assignment, that's 50 grand, man. So if you're spending $15,000 in, in, in marketing and you're making 50, I can do that all day long. Um, but we were in wholesaling. We were just buying everything. And now more, our private lenders will bring us other private lenders. Like, hey, these guys are buying. So we scaled our flipping business to the point to where at some point we had 35 houses being rehabbed at the same time. Wow. I had 50 employees. Um, Dennis and uh, Dennis and Dennis was running with the wholesaling operation, yeah. so he was the the wholesaling guy. He's the one that put the list together, all the KPIs. He's an engineer, so by by career, so yeah, numbers. Oh man, Excel spreadsheets, you name it. Everything was organized 100. percent I was the flipping guy, and I was just looking for private money. That was my job, private money, and hire more people for the rehabs. What happens is Harvey hits. Mm. And when Harvey hits, we got all these houses now. Close to, I would say, we had probably 20 houses at the time, but we had another 20 contracted with the money available to close. So as soon as Harvey's over, like a week later, I'm closing on all these deals. Now I got 40 houses, but guess what happens? All my, le all my people leave because now they're going to do uh, remediation mm. for flooding. Yeah. I mean, my payroll was a six-figure payroll. But I was like, you know, we were turning and we had a little bit of money in the bank and the first month is like, ah, you know, because now it's $8 million worth of mortgages. So every month now you're shedding out I 80 to 100 grand just on interest, right? Interest, this is not, you know, yeah. this is just interest. So three months later, now I'm scratching my head, like what the hell is going on? And now at the same time, because we were spending so much money on mailers, we had started our own mailing company, Direct Mail Out. Because the, my challenge was, every time I put a dollar in California, which is where the mailers we were buying, it would take three weeks for the phone to ring. So I, I was like, man, I wanna, I wanna send a postcard today, my phone to ring in two or three days at the most. That's, the, that's how fast I wanted it. And uh, I partnered with a friend of mine, Carlos. Um, I said, Carlos, I don't have the time, but I do have the knowledge on what we need to do. What we need to do is go buy a bunch of printers, figure out how to make a yellow letter and a postcard, and we get going. And we need to go talk to the USPS, get a permit there so we can do bulk mailers. And he had a little bit of money and said, yeah, no problem, man. I'll become your capital partner on that deal. And uh, the good thing is I was his first client. so. He had already a client that was doing volume. The idea was to go get more guys like me that I knew existed. Mm -hmm. So that's how we started Direct Mail Out. Um, so Harvey hits, all my people leave, and Dennis and I are on crisis mode now. Like, what the hell do we do, man? Because we have a big hole. We need to cover up this hole, and we gotta finish houses. I mean, we still have some of those houses from back then. Damn. We're finishing right now. From okay? back then? Yeah. 15? We are down to 17 houses now. Um, 
And it's out of the 17, four are going to be ready in the next couple of weeks. And we have a couple in the market already. So You guys are waiting on those, right? What's that? The market's turned around. Hey, you know what? The market has actually helped us in some of those houses. They're worth more money now. Yeah. Um, so even though that we've lost, we've lost money along the way, yeah. uh, I'm pretty sure we're probably going to end up breaking even. But no foreclosures and no, you know, we'll keep our, our name clean at least. Uh, a lot of our other friends that, that I knew were doing the same thing that we are, we're not as lucky. One thing that changed us was we shifted our focus directly into selling marketing. So we went into selling yellow letters and postcards. Uh, we started sponsoring all, all the local events and we started bringing clients that way. And that way we covered our overhead at least. Yeah. Just by sending postcards and yellow letters. At that time, I had already bought out Carlos out because he had to take a job somewhere else and he left uh, the Houston area. So now I was the full owner of the company. And, um, and but we were also mailing in bulk for our own deals because now we know there's a lot of distressed sellers in Houston. And we're thinking, we sent 80,000 mailers, man. The, the phone is going to ring. And it was ringing. But guess what? Everybody and their mama in the whole country is also coming to Houston to get deals. Yeah. So it turned in turning to a seller's market, yeah. not a buyer's market. And now we're shedding all this money in marketing. And, and um, I mean, it was like a perfect storm. It was something insane. And I tell them, it's like, man, we got to figure out something because we're not getting the deals that we were getting in Houston, not even in the areas outside of Houston where we, we dominated those markets. If, if another wholesaler and I showed up in, let's say, Angleton, Texas, he had no chance, even if he paid more money. I was better at creating a report. I was better at showing the seller, hey, I own all these houses around here. And so who's the seller going to believe? The guy that owns houses? Or, or I would tell, hey, let's go to the Alamo title here in town. Guess what? They do all my deals. Just ask for references. And get, they, they go there and they say, yeah, this guy's bought a bunch of houses. The seller's going to say, yeah, I feel comfortable with you instead of the other guy that doesn't, you know, they cannot show me much. Yeah. And I'm not saying the other guy's not legit. I'm just saying, this is why I'm better. So even in those areas, we weren't getting any traction. So we started looking outside of Houston. We said, okay, if we want to stay alive, and this is just survival mode. This is not, I'm gonna get rich and drive Bentleys and whatever, you know, no, no, no. <laughs> this is how do I pay bills, okay? And how do I avoid getting in foreclosure? And how do I continue to pay my own bills? So, we started looking and we selected Tampa, Florida. And we well, just, what made you go there? Uh, I went to Cancun in 2016. I saw the beach and I said, what the hell am I doing living in Houston? That was exactly <laughs> the, the thinking process. And I started, I actually literally, I went home. I, I came back from vacations, went home, got on Google, best bitches in the United States. And Sarasota, Tampa, Siesta Key, all that stuff right number one and i was like i gotta go there check it out because i never i've been through tampa but never been yeah. to the beach or anything like that so that's the reason why we went to tampa um because i wanted to move there so we're doing deals in tampa now uh we're doing deals here in san antonio we just do it very quietly we don't you know now we're throwing parties and stuff together but uh that's all fun and, and, <coughs> and, and great things happen uh, coming out of those networking events uh, but we became wholesalers by necessity. So we needed to wholesale money just to keep us alive. Now what happens is we're creating a monster because 
we have scaled a multi-million dollar business in the flipping side already, which is harder than wholesaling. Because it's you're managing contractors, you gotta manage private money, you gotta manage all sorts of things, right? More yeah. people involved. Wholesaling, eh, you can do it with less people, there's less risk, less reliability, your risk is marketing. So from a, from a risk management point of view, I can build, or we can, uh, Dennis and I, something much larger on the wholesaling side because of what we did on the flipping side before. Mm. Um, and uh, that's where we're, our focus is now. What happened was we realized that Dennis was actually much better on the rehab side than I was, and I was much better on the wholesaling side than he was. So we switched. That's cool. And now that all he does is go to the houses every day, make sure the houses are getting done. He works, actually, he's working with the guys out there, uh, and I run the wholesaling operation. So. Um, when was the switch? The switch sort of happened spontaneously it didn't like one day we were driving and we were just trying to figure out man which is the best way to do this and i said dennis either you go to the houses or i go to the houses and the last thing those guys want me is to be on the is to be on those houses and he said i'll do it because <laughs> he knew uh, you know he knew i was going to be putting a whip on it right yeah uh, which i'm not saying he's not but he's probably more um easy to work with uh, when it when it comes to getting things done, okay. Yeah, that's funny you say that because like nobody wants to see me on the job site, you know. Yeah. When I come to the job site, they just yeah they disappear. And uh, when Mike, when we show up, they're all hugging him and everything. <laughs> right. They love him, man. But me, it's like I can't overlook stuff, you know. It's a good cop bad cop. Yeah, a good cop bad cop, but it works out, you know. You know, and uh, but that's pretty cool. I mean, you guys. We go through the same thing, you know. We we, we go through a lot of changes, and and and, and uh, you know, we just figure it out. You know? One well, one thing is the whole, and we were just talking about this earlier. Uh, what I'm doing today is completely different from what I'm I was doing two or three years ago yeah. to get a lead. Now I got people dialing, I got texts going out, I got I still got mailers because I I still believe the mailings are the best ones for high equity. Like if you want to target high equity properties, you go for mailers. Um, that's where I make my forty, fifty thousand dollar assignments. Um, before before we get into those uh, all those tips and tricks, I did I forgot to mention this, Ricardo. We have this thing called a hype button. Yeah. When you hit this button, it makes this now this noise. Uh, okay. <laughs> the goal is to provide much content to everyone who's watching to get as many as we can. And I think who has are we still torn between who has the most? Is it Dancito? Yeah. Dancito already yeah, brought Dancito. it. Man. You know Dancito? I don't know. He's in San Antonio. So he does a lot of. Who else brought it, man? Q? Well, I don't know. Yeah, Q. Yeah, Q, Q brought it, man. But I think Dancito already. First one comes to mind is Dancito. So let, now you're going to start chit chatting about, because now you're talking about mailers and, and text messaging. Before we get into that, guys, I do want to take a quick minute, because there are a lot of people tuning in and tuning out. Uh, thanks for everyone who's watching, commenting. Alma Flores, I see you commenting. John, I see you commenting. Miguel. Shout out to Miguel and everyone else who's commenting. Let's take a quick minute. I do want to say, make sure you guys follow Home Bottom Selling Solutions on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Also, don't forget to join the association, guys. On the association, we're going to have uh, how-to videos and tips and tricks uh, for what to do in real estate. A couple announcements that we have coming up here is a lunch and learn. We're going to have the lunch and learn October 9th. This one's going to be a great one because we're going to have Daniel, the CEO of Propelio uh, at Propelio Academy. He's going to be there teaching how to find deals. 
Uh, it is October 9th from 11.30 to 1.30. Come hang out with myself, Charles, and Home Bottom Summer Solutions team. And because special guest Ricardo's here, uh, Ricardo's gracious enough to throw an event tomorrow. Uh, the event tomorrow is going to be at Slacker Sports Bar. He, he's going to be there, myself, Charles, JR is going to be there. It's going to be tomorrow from 6.30 to 9.30. Come out, hang out with us. Uh, pick Ricardo's brand on what he is doing wholescaling. And of course, i got to mention this, Ricardo. On your screen now, you guys are seeing it, wholescaling live 2019. And just looking at the lineup, man, that, that's a crazy lineup. It's going to be in Houston. I'm sure Ricardo's going to uh, talk more about it. It's October 4th, 5th, and 6th. Uh, and seventh. So and make seventh. sure you make sure you book the seventh, guys. So don't forget about the seventh. So yeah. I think we booked it, right? Yeah, we booked it. Or I think we, we booked the we booked the booking, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into wholesaling. So the event wholesaling live and wholesale and this and that. So there's a, I always feel like there's a, a mixed crowd watching our event, our right. podcast, to beginners to to seasoned wholesalers mm -hmm. in many cases. So real quick breakdown: a, a wholesale for those who are watching. And a wholesale, a wholesale is nothing else. Nothing else than a, than a transaction that happens in between three different parties, okay? You can wholesale the Yeti cups. You can wholesale these microphones. You can wholesale this cup right here. So we're nothing else but the middleman, okay? What, what we are is a marketing machine as a wholesaler, yeah. right? We market for deals. We lock them up on the contract, and then we turn around and sell the contract to the, to the end buyer, to, to, the, to the flipper or the landlord or whatever so if somebody has wholesaling experience at like wholesaling i don't know food or clothing they most likely will do okay in this line of work mm -hmm. because the process is the same okay this is a bicycle that you can ride right here in san antonio or you can ride it in china i'm mm -hmm. pretty sure there's people wholesaling stuff in china properties i don't know how it works out there uh it's communist country or whatever but there's somebody doing it, okay? So the principles of wholesaling is get something at a price, mark it up, and now that's how you make your spread as soon as you resell it. So that's what a wholesaling is, right? Okay, and then you said you started off with mailers, right? You started off, with, started mailers. off with mailers. You even took it to the next level and actually made a mailing company? Yes, and, we made a mailing company. you started doing mailing. But you said the things changed. You, you weren't doing the same things two, three years ago. You mentioned earlier, what are the new the new ways that well, you're doing? Well, so my needs was where, or our needs were, um, we needed to maybe buy five houses a month when we were flipping. We didn't need to buy a lot of houses. Um, so if we had a million dollars available, we can do that. And we always had a million dollars, two million dollars around from private money that was available for, to us. Um, so the mailers worked okay because on four or five deals, we made a killing on the spread as far as the wholesaling fee. Because we still had to lock it up on the contract and wholesale it to our other company in order to keep the marketing going. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that's where actually Dennis, we used to get paid from the wholesaling aside. So I was getting paid from the general contractor side because I was the GC, he was the wholesaler. Um, so mailers were fine, that, that's all we needed. And maybe if, if I continue to do the same, that's as many deals as I'm gonna continue to get. Because uh, that's something we, we mastered, like we knew exactly what we wanted, how the kind of houses we wanted, the kind of people we want to target, the areas we want to go after, the areas we wanted to stay away from. Um, and for the most part, we were doing what nobody else wanted to do. What was that? Go far away. Yeah. For instance, um, I remember I was at an, at, a, at an event in Houston, one of my favorite, favorite ones. 
Um, and we and he's very educational. So they invited me to be a part of the panel and I asked a question. I said, how many people will drive an hour and a half to make $45,000? And everybody raises their hand. Me, 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 me. And then I go and ask another question. How many people want this property located in whatever, Bay City, Texas, and I didn't see any hands from And I say, you see, you're all lying to yourselves. Because this property right here got $45,000 worth of equity for you guys, and you're not driving to it. That's what makes us different. So we were doing the things that nobody wanted to do. We were going far away. When everybody was trying to market to downtown Houston, I was like, downtown Houston, you're crazy. There's too many people getting there. Why do I want to do that? I want to go where nobody is going. As long as there is a market there too, right? So I want to be a landlord. So guess what? Bay City, Texas is a great city for landlords because there's refineries, there's nuclear plants, electric plants. I mean, all sorts of things. My rents were through the roof. So I was making a killing on those rentals. But guess what? Most people didn't want to drive an hour and a half. So that's the one thing that we applied back then. It's like we go where nobody wants to go. So we started doing things that other people didn't want to do. That's, that's probably the first high button right there. Yeah. The first high button is probably go where the other competition is not willing to go, right? Yeah, yeah. I say do what others are not willing to do so you can get the results that you want. I think yeah. you, said, you said that one more time. Do what other people are not willing to do so you can get the results that you want. That's, that's, that's awesome. You know, Michael and I have ventured out a few times out of the state and um, other cities, but not not like on a permanent thing, you know, which we're not going to start doing. But recently we went to El Paso. You know, we went over there. We bought a property. Think we're going go to we're gonna get two more. And... Uh, we felt like something... They're going to get one that I got on the contract, too. <laughs> we felt like something in San Antonio was happening, you know, like it was kind of saturating a little bit. So we're like, where do we go? And we started getting, you know, we got hit up by a really good guy, Chad, who was hitting us up, hitting us up. And I was like, you know what, man? You know, we got to go. You know, we took off. Well, I went over there first, and Mike went, and, and now we're looking to really, really hit it hard over there. Yeah. You know, yeah. because, you know, it's what we want. It's it's an open market, and uh, I know there's a huge military base out there. We love that. You know? A lot of Airbnbs. A lot of Airbnbs. Fort Bliss is out there. It's one of the bigger uh, army bases out there. And then the other thing is you got Mexico, right across yeah. the street. Right, yeah. Mexico right across the street. I'm sure there's a lot of families out there that want to buy houses in the United States but can't do it for whatever reason. So it's a huge, huge for owner financing. Owner Charles, financing, yeah. and Charles, we, man, we, we're really we, heavy on owner financing. Yeah. We owner finance a lot of properties. I mean, I would say probably 80% of the properties that we own or finance are to uh, people from Mexico. Okay. You know, because they want to be here, and, man, they, they're they real serious about their payments. A lot of times they pay they, up front. They, and, they got, and they got more money than people think, man. Too, they got man. money hiding under the mattress. Under the mattress yeah. money. And they're yeah. grateful. They're grateful they have a house here. Yeah. In, yeah. And they take care of them, too. They do. Yeah. And then they tell their families about them. Yeah. And they tell their families about us, and... So that's one thing we started doing, right? We started mailing to other areas, going to other properties, and we were actually, I remember my friends that, are, that were wholesalers like, man, you drive all the way out there to get a house? And I was like, yeah. But, and then they're like, so how much you made on that one? Oh, 35,000? They're like, what? Guess what they're doing now? They are already going to all those areas that we already hit, I don't know how many times, 
But I'm already further. I'm, I'm already in another. In another. Yeah, I'm once five steps ahead if I can, right? So I, I got a question. So you talk a lot about mailers. You open up a mailing company. In your opinion, every thousand postcards, how many deals would you get from a thousand postcards? Oh, not not many. I mean, a thousand postcards is not enough. What do you think? One. Um, so the KPIs, right? Right. That's what, what are the What are the KPIs? Two years, actually, I would say three years ago, you will get maybe two percent return on phone calls, which was a lot. On a thousand, now it's point zero 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 two, which is maybe you get two calls out of out of a thousand postcards. So you can't really get a deal out of a thousand postcards. Yeah. Now if you're sending ten thousand postcards, now we're talking, because now you might be looking at two to three deals. So my cost per acquisition on postcards and letters is actually thirty five hundred dollars a house. So it cost me thirty five hundred bucks to get a house on letters. Okay. So whatever that number that number comes out to. Now that's on an average assignment of probably twenty grand. My our average assignment is twenty five thousand. Uh, but we've assigned houses for ten, for five, for yeah. six, seven. But we've done some big, big ones to where our KPIs kind of get thrown off. Yeah. Um, I gotta ask this question, uh, Ricardo. I think I'd ask for every wholesaler. If you don't mind sharing, if you don't mind, what was the biggest assignment? Right now it's sixty two thousand. Yeah, but we got one that is one hundred and twenty seven on our hands. Actually. We have one that is one hundred and ninety-seven thousand, and we have another one that is one hundred and twenty-seven thousand. What type of deals are those? Those are commercial deals. Commercial. Oh. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So you don't just have to use residential. You can go. You can wholesale commercial properties. So, so that talking about shifting your paradigms, right? You gotta have a paradigm shift in your mind in order for you to go explore all the things. For a long time. I was just a guy with a single family and that was my mindset. I just wanted three bedrooms, two bathrooms in the nice, cool neighborhoods or whatever. And then a lot of weird stuff started coming my way. Two bedrooms, one bath, little bitty house, didn't make no sense. But guess what? After you went through the whole process, it made sense. So we started shifting to where, okay, this is a Frankenstein, let's buy it, why not? Oh, this is a, this other, let's buy it, why not? But commercial, I always stay away from. Now that I understand commercial, I was like, how many more can I get? Because the numbers are so larger now. Uh, the investors that are buying commercial properties are different. Uh, they're not trying to nickel and dime because they're gonna nickel and dime their contractors. No, they're actually paying retail to contractors to go build out whatever they're doing. So even though our bulk is residential, or I would say 90% of it, it is, now I'm open to start exploring more on the commercial side. But it has to, there's gotta be some sort of shift that needs to come in your mindset in order for you to go look at other things. You know what I, I hear you saying also, which I think is big, which I think like for Mike and I, we we kind of stayed on an island for a long time. You know, we really just, we're just doing our thing, you know. We really didn't go out networking. You built a big network, you know, of just meeting people. But I just started doing it. No, but I'm saying you, you have a lot of people that you've done business with and you've developed a really good, really good source of people that you can get involved in mm -hmm. things that you're doing, you know. And, uh, you know, Mike and I really, I think it was maybe just two years ago, right? But check this out. Until 2016, 17, I didn't network. All I did was buy houses. Nobody knew who I was. Yeah. I didn't care for people knowing who I was. <laughs> that's, that, how, that's how we were. That wasn't going to fill up my, my bank account. Yeah. Like some people, I tell Okay, you can be uh, you can become internet famous, right? Yeah. Or you can make money. Now, there's great people out there that are both perfect. 
but the the majority is like there's a lot of fakers out there. Well, you know, like for us, we we're an island for a long time. Like nobody really knew who we were. You know, not that not that we wanted to get known or anything, mm -hmm. but you know, we started putting out content. You know, putting out content because yeah, a lot of people can say they flip properties, they do this, but we say you know what, let's put it on video. You know, so people can see that we're actually doing this stuff. You know what I'm saying? And from from a lot of those. From a lot of the content that we put out, we actually get deals. We get people Absolutely. that call us, and, and uh, we get opportunities from that stuff because people see that you're really doing it. And that you, you are a subject matter expert in what you do. Yeah, and, and so, you know, that's been good for us. Um, you know, another thing I want to tell you, one of my guys told me today that uh, he found a storage unit in Houston that is heavily discounted. Oh, wow. So I want to talk to you about Let's that. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's talk about the, uh, the, whole, the wholesaling operation. So, I mean, what are, what are we looking at at your office? So right now we are seven in the office, and I have another seven offline, right? Virtual. Yeah. Uh, uh, now, the virtual, my virtual people, they don't dial, they don't do it. They do more of the the back end, like they keep track, they maintain our websites, they 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 create our flows, our processes. Uh, Instagram uh, we like if you go on Instagram and you put yellow letter we dominate that word on Instagram completely so that's what I get get them to do people in the office they're they got uh, acquisitions dispositions transactional coordinators um, and um, and a couple other dispositions people that are coming on board now because it's, we're finding out that we're acquiring more and now the, the bottleneck is becoming the dispose. So, and especially when you start doing stuff all over the country. Um, we need to get people like focus on, I don't know, we got a, a, a deal in West Virginia, put it on the contract. And cannot find an attorney to take on it. Wow. So, and I don't know how many we've called already. Now, I think we got, we got the guy, yeah. okay? But it, it was at least 100 phone calls. And we're like, what is it? Like, people don't wholesale there or what? So now that I'm thinking, okay, maybe that's a market I need to go and explore a little bit. Yeah. Because that tells me that there's not a lot of people in yeah. Exactly. Um, so that's what we're doing. We were, we're getting heavier on the dispo side um, because we're also looking to JV with other wholesalers that got deals. Yeah. So if you have a deal that you haven't been able to move, bring it to us. We have a big buyer's list now. Uh, I have a guy, one of my virtual guys, his only job is to build our buyer's list. That's it. He doesn't have to do nothing else other than build up buyer's list. So he's been working on that uh, and we've made a tremendous progress uh, on doing that because when we started wholesaling, we only had a few buyers. You know, the guys that you meet at the RIA or, or the networking yeah. events or whatnot. So now we we are getting other buyers. Oh, man, this. It seems uh, a lot of parallels, you know, like with us, you know, you know, like we we talk to you privately and stuff, you know, and a lot of people think a lot of this stuff is glamorous, you know, and it is when you put it on video, but man, it's it's always changing, man. Shit's always changing, you know, and and uh, like for example, like today we put a property in contract and yesterday too that didn't meet the so-called formula that everybody uses, right? Right. But the houses were like, wow, man, these these houses are nice, man. They're in good condition, you know. And uh, so, you know, one of my acquisition guys was like, man, Charles, this is a nice house, man. But it didn't meet the formula. 
And I just, me and Mike have been talking about this. I said, you know what, man? Just, just take it into context. You see the subject too? No, they're actual purchases we're going to make. Oh, okay. But at the price that we're buying them, so we, won't, we won't be able to wholesale them. But we're going to be able to go in there and do something. And do something to them, a little bit of work to them, and then we'll be able to sell them. You see? But before, if you're just looking at properties, you're like, oh, this is the formula, get it out of here. You know, it's like I was telling Mike, a lot of these deals, sometimes we pass them up, we shouldn't pass them up, because somebody else is going to do them. There's always a buy hold guy, or we put in 8000 and then we have our own real estate brokerage. So, you know, we're, we're always trying to look for new ways to, you know, take outside the box and pick up more properties. Yeah, we're locking up everything that comes our way, uh, unless it is something completely wrong, that yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Actually, my, my, my acquisitions guys... Um, our new process, so we just rebuild our new flow and everything. They send contracts on my behalf already with the signature stamped on it, the whole nine yards. Well, actually, you told me about that. So I don't, I got houses, we contracted houses today that I don't know what they look like, what, how much they cost us or whatever, but they're all based on commission. So yeah. they're, they want to make that spread as big as, as big as they can. That way we all can make, you know, a good amount of money. So but that's what it looks like we're roughly 15 people um half of them are virtual the other half are in the office uh we're actually about to expand to a bigger office um because we're hiring more people now and you then at one point you had you uh, you scaled it down a lot right from from the flipping i completely scaled in so we scaled down the flipping side um that's not something i'm looking to scale anymore yeah. it's, it's too complicated too many people too many moving parts um, and these people get the people on the flipping side they get paid differently so you have to either keep them on a salary or pay them by week or whatever um, so that's a liability uh, on the wholesaling side it's all commissions everybody yeah. makes commissions if nobody closes guess what nobody eats yeah. so we're all motivated to 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 get deals moving um, so what what that's created is a lot more productivity let me ask you a question so when you say that are you saying that for example if a person doesn't close a deal he doesn't get to eat or are you saying if a person like in other words when one deal closes do the is everybody eat at certain percentages yes or is it per person percentage i like that it's a percentage so uh and i have it also scheduled to where let's say an acquisitions manager has a cold caller yeah and the cold caller locks up the deal in the contract so now my acquisitions manager will get an override on what the cold caller made. I like that because what it does is it's making them all work as a group. They have to. They have to. And you see, like for us, I love all the people who have come through here, but my, when Mike and I jumped into this into this space, you know, we didn't know about all this stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. We were just doing good business, and we started training a lot of people and training and training, giving, you know, um, you know, we, we always told them, we're going to show you what we do. Right. And if it works, great, you know. But, you know, we love all those people, but... What, what happened was, as we had to start locking it down and start making the transitions, we were starting to learn and ex explore and meet new people. We're like, what the fuck? Excuse yeah. me. But we started learning all these new ideas and stuff. We had to start locking it down. And what happened was, unfortunately, we lost a lot of people. And as you know, even sometimes you lose key people. Yeah. Right? And that always kind of hurts a little bit because you're like, man, you spend a lot of time with those people, you know? You spend a lot of time with those people training them and showing them, and, and it's their right to say, you know what, I want to do this. And, and you know, you got to let them go, go as a blessing, right? Those that go as a blessing, those that don't, right? Mm -hmm. But it's still like, damn, man, I spend a lot of time with that person. 
And and what I like about what you were sharing with me, and I like what, what I like about your system is, is that the way it works is everybody somewhat dependent on each other. Yeah. And, and so that, I like it's a, that. It's a trickle down effect. If the acquisition, so well, actually, I don't know if I can say this online, but I shouldn't. But my acquisition guy came into came to me, my manager, and I, and I don't call him the manager. He's the director of acquisition, so he is the boss. I'm I'm not. I'm like, he reports to me, but that's it. And he told me, Ricardo, if this guy doesn't keep up the pay, uh, pick up the pace, I'm gonna have to let him go. And I said, you gotta do what you gotta do. You know, that's it. Because he knows he's not gonna eat if the other guy doesn't produce. Yeah. So what's what happens to the transactional guy? What happens to this positions guy? Now, these guys uh, that I just hired, they're great people. Um, they came in with a silver platter already because I had a lot of deals contracted. Yeah. So for me, contracting houses is fairly simple. My bottleneck was trying to sell all these houses that I got on the mm. contract now. It's and being me and Dennis trying to put fires out on the flips. So their first job is, you guys see this board here? Yeah. yeah, okay, you need to dispose all of this. So they're all working together to get all the houses sold. At the same time, they're working together to get new inventory in, and it's already coming. I so, like that, man. That is, that, is a, that is a great model, man. And I have an incentive, right? So, hey, uh, you reach a certain amount of deals, man, I'm going to pay you extra. Um, this is going to be an extra bonus. Uh, we go do team buildings every, you know, every so often, and you know, I'll take them out, and you guys don't have to pay for everything. I mean, they came from a place where the, the guys told me that they were working for another wholesaler. They had to bring their own toilet paper. Wow. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what it came down to. So I am trying not to, like, like these guys, I'm trying to take them out from their old habits. Yeah. I said, look, now that you come here, you unlearn everything you learned back there, okay? Everything. I don't want you to, like, come come over here as as dumb as you can. That way I can get you to where you need to get as far as training, systems, and following procedures, okay? And that was the first thing we built. It's like, let's sit down, let's build our flow. So we all built it. So I cannot say, it is my flow, you know. Yeah. I built, no, 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 no. We built it together. What do you like doing? What do you like doing? What do you think you should do here? How do we think we should work there? What do you think about this commission? What do you think about this fee? And everybody kind of like pitched in. And actually, they were screwing themselves out of money. Because they said, oh, what about if we split the money like this? And I was like, ah, oh, that's never going to work for you guys. You guys are going to be starving, and I don't want that. And, that's, you know, and, I, and I'm glad you said that because at every meeting, I tell my guys, look, man, if you're not making money, you know, we're, we're, you need to make money. Yeah. Man. We want you to make money, you know, but again, you know, you, you're going to lose some, you're going to win some. Yep. We're, we're uh, how many contracts do you know? How many contracts do you have? What part of the uh, United States do you have contracts now? Right now we have in El Paso, San Antonio, Houston, Tampa, Florida, uh, West Virginia. We have one in Colorado, but I don't know if that if that's really a contract or not. It's one of those weird ones that we believe the, the house has been had been sold already. So, mm -hmm. but we that one came in. We had another one in um, Wisconsin. Um, we have another one in a little town called Haskell, Texas, which is like three hours west of Dallas. Um, perfect for owner financing. So we have we have stuff all over. Uh, so let me ask you a question. Do you have anybody that buys an Abilene? I don't know, but I can find one. I'm going to tell you right now. One of my guys, man, he went up to Abilene, and he knows the city well. He knows everybody. 
and he brought us quite a few deals and I was like Man. yeah you weren't ready for you know, it and, and so we need to open up that channel you know well you know that happened to me a couple of years ago I, I went big on doing PPC uh, paper clicks and SEOs and all that and I was thinking I was putting like 10 fifteen thousand dollars a month but the the PPC guy didn't didn't regulate the oh, the, 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 the 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 area to Houston. Oh. We started getting stuff in Florida, and we didn't know what to do with it, so we sort of like turned it down. If you can give a, a quick minute tip or how to how to virtual host that, like you're getting these contracts in Florida and West Virginia, how? And for someone who's watching, like how's this guy? Are you, I'm sure you're not going to those properties, right? No. Yeah. So you want to give a quick one minute tip or trick on. Fairly simple. You're on the phone talking to the seller. The, in, in those leads, state. by the way, those leads are coming from our SEO and from our PPC. Mm -hmm. So they're coming from our websites that are ranking nationally now, right? Yeah. So uh, we get a hot lead. My guys get on the phone. They go through their through their questions and answers. For the most part, when somebody comes through a website putting information, they're ready. They're mentally ready. I mean, yeah. this is this well, yeah, is they're going that far. They, they are hot. I mean, yeah. like if if is either. You or the next website, okay? Yes. But somebody's gonna pick it up. So they go through the whole, uh, you know, questionnaire or whatever, and then I, I told them, okay, as soon as you talk, you now you need to tell them to go take pictures and send them to you by text. Mm -hmm. So we can evaluate the rehab the best we can, you know, by looking at certain things, like take a picture of the roof, take a picture of the basement. Because now we're getting to houses that got basements. I don't know anything about basements. <laughs> I've never seen a basement. Like, I've been in one of them, but. You know, I don't, I don't know how to assess that because I have never rehabbed one of those. Yeah. Um, so we're getting all these pictures now, and we're saying, okay, in Houston, this is a rehab that's gonna take, I don't know, forty grand. I'm gonna just, just let's just go tag another fifteen on top, just to be safe, because maybe the prices are different. We're getting stuff in Cleveland, Ohio. I don't know how the market is out there, yeah. um, but we're assessing based in our experience. And once we have locked lock it up on the contract, then my uh, transactional coordinator's job is to go find a title company in the area that works with investors that allows for assignments or an attorney, because mm -hmm. some of those are attorney states. Um, the good thing is in Atlanta, we already have a pretty good channel built out, because uh, I, I was hit, uh, hitting uh, heavy Atlanta last year. Um, so anything that comes through there, we, we already got it figured out. Uh, but that's the job, is to go find a title company, and then my dispositions guy needs to start finding all the local people so they get on the Facebook groups, they get on the on, on they get on Zillow, and they see the agents. They start calling all the agents, asking if they work with investors. So we don't tell them right away we have a property under contract or whatever. We just said, hey, I have a a, a possible lead, and I'm just looking for to see if you work with investors. If the answer is yes, then we open up the channel and we start talking to see how they can help us dispose mm -hmm. the property, and we pay them a fee. Now you shared with me when we went to go out meet the other day. How quickly you make a decision using a certain website that uh, most people think is yeah not good. And you know what I what I what I liked is you see it was all mindset because I was looking at something from 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 a vantage point for a long time one way, and within a minute you said, hey, look at it from this vantage point, and it was like, wow, it makes a lot of sense. So know? what I do is I'll show you how to use Zillow, okay? Yeah. Uh, that's the website. And I don't mind saying it because it's really common sense. Yeah. Um, oh, where's the three last comparables that sold in the last block or whatever? It's like, look, man, where is the house? The house is in, I don't know, zip code 77089 or whatever. All right, get on the zip code. Now get on that property. 
Now go find me five houses around the, the area that's selling right now, maybe within the same age, that's being rehabbed if, if we're looking at, at a flip, yeah. and tell me what the average price per square footage is in between all these properties. One realtor is gonna have it at $100, another one is gonna be at 110, maybe there's one that's gonna be at 115. I'm gonna take the one right in the middle. Why is that? All these realtors already did the job for me. They did. And what I like about that is like, we're looking at this from a vantage point, right? Cause we use the O2 for some stuff, right? And I asked you that question. I said, well, man, how do you figure out, you know, what's, what, the, ARV what's the, the RV in the no. city? And within a minute you said, Charles, it's this mindset, man. Look at it from a different angle. And they're already doing the work for you. And it was like, wow. You know? Look at what the other realtors are doing, and yeah. that's how you're going to get the work done for you already. So I, I trained my guys to do that. And now they're getting on the computer, they're looking at it, they're making up their own, their own, you know, their own conclusions on what the property should be worth. And the, the first question, when they come to me with a property, they say, like a weird property, they cannot find a certain value. I said, okay, what do you think it's worth? I think it's worth X. And I say, why? I saw this, 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 and that. And then I go, okay, then you should be okay. Sorry. And now they feel good about it, right? Um, that's my phone cry. Uh, they feel good about their decisions because I really want them to be empowered to yeah. do these things on their own. I don't want to become the bottleneck of making a decision on an ARV on a house. Um, now, what's the worst case is that they make their own offer and then I'm like, oops, I'm sorry, I gotta get out of this contract. I mean, I, I didn't mean to waste your time. Yeah. But, you know, nine times out of ten, uh, there is a lender in Houston that when they see my houses, they, when they know the houses are coming from me, they don't order the appraisal. That's how much they trust my numbers. That's great. Yeah. They said, oh, it's coming from Ricardo. Yeah, they're done. It's funded in three three days. That's fantastic, so, man. That's yeah, and we use Zillow. So, um, I mean... If I have to get a CMA because a harmony lender is being a pain in the neck and yeah. they're asking for the three last comparables or whatever, then I'll reach out to a local realtor or whatever and get it. But yeah. we don't that's really afterwards. By the time we're selling the house to someone else. So we've been on here for about a uh, hour and twenty minutes. So let's get into uh whole scale. What what is the definition of whole scale? The definition of wholescaling is how do you go from doing one to two deals a month into doing 10, 20, 30, 40 deals, okay? Uh, that's that's what it's all about, is how can you host, uh, how can you scale your wholesaling operation? Um, for the first person or for the, the person who just started trying to get that first deal, tips and tricks for that person, uh, words of wisdom for someone trying to get the first or second wholesale deal? Pick a list and get going. That's it. Pick a, pick a list on a mar or a marketing channel, whether it's driving for dollars, because you have a lot of time and a little bit of gas and no money, uh, or whether it is that you're gonna pick bandit times because it's easier for you to go and buy a bunch of those and put them on the corners and, and, but pick something and get going. Don't try to analyze, don't try to get systems. I actually tell people that are trying to get systems before they get a deal to scrap them. So you don't need no systems. All you need is an Excel spreadsheet. Yep. If that, if you're computer savvy, if not, all you need is a piece of paper where you're gonna write down all the addresses and then you make your little whiteboard on paper. And as you start growing, then you put whiteboards on the wall. But all these processes, these CRMs, and which by the way, I'm all for it, but you need to get a lead first and a deal. Yeah, and um, be consistent, you know? And be consistent about it. So 
your your systems are not gonna do anything for you if you're not marketing. All right. So the next next scenario, someone who probably closes one deal a month. It's like, man, I close one deal a month. You know, my average wholesale is maybe five to seven thousand. How do I take it to two deals a month? Someone's already kind of experienced. They want to take that to the next step. So how do you compress time? Delegate. Or find somebody that's already doing it, right? So if I want to come and learn how to do what you guys do, then I just come hang out. Hey guys, will you guys be willing to share with me how it is that you do your subject tools? Or how do you, whatever system that you guys are implementing, right? Because now that might cost me money. Might cost me bringing a deal. Might cost, it's gonna, I have to give up something. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, then I'm just a taker, okay? So I'm a firm believer that if I wanna do something that or somebody else is already doing, I need to go find that person. That way I can ask a few questions and offer something in value in return. That way I can compress the time. And I said, okay, if Michael and Charles are doing X amount of houses a month and I wanna get to where they are, how can I make that happen? So then I approach the company. So a wholesaler that's doing one or two should go find one that's doing five to 10. That's it. Because the ones doing five to 10 are gonna tell the one to two, this is how you do it. Now the guys doing five to 10, need to go find the guys doing 20 or 30 or 40 or 50. Yeah. And, and 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 that's how it rolls. So you just go and find somebody that's doing it and if they're willing to share with you, then you compress time and... And, and that's what uh, the event, in essence, the people that are gonna be presenting, they're gonna be bringing knowledge, they're gonna be dropping knowledge on how to take what we do or anybody else to a whole level. To a whole different level. So, so one of the things about the event uh, most important is that neither Charles, Elizabeth Nelson, or myself run a coaching program. So we're not selling coaching. We're not selling some guru program. You know, we don't do any of that stuff. We're, all of us are very busy running our businesses. Um, and we do coach other people, but we do it while we do deals together, okay? Yeah. That's the way I choose to coach people. Now. I've already been approached by people. Can you show me how to do so? Maybe I have to come up with something to for that audience. That's the reason why I started my own podcast. That way, when people came to me to pick my brains, you know, hey, let me take you out to lunch so I, I can pick your brains. Man, I'm already oh, fat you. enough, man. I, yeah. I don't need to get fatter. So yeah. Dennis and I talked and we're like, why don't we put up a podcast? That way, when people want to pick our brains, they can find us on YouTube and that's it. They can pick all the brains that they want, you know? So... That's why we started the Renovating Riches Radio podcast. I think that's great. I mean, there's a lot of podcasts, man. And I wasn't a big fan of podcasts all my life, to be honest with you. But, you know, I started tuning in, like, to Steve Trang's podcast. Yes. Oh, great podcast. Man, that is so much knowledge, you know what I'm saying? You know, just everybody he puts on there, you know. There's some other guys. There's a guy here in town who's really blown up, you know, pretty big. Uh, uh, Aaron Bevins, he's just always bringing quality people, you know. And um, there's there's a few other guys, you know. There's one of your guys that I like to hear. Um, he's out of I think New Jersey. He's gonna be on the whole scaling. Uh, what's his name? Anthony. Antoine. Antoine. Yeah, he's out of DC. Out of DC. Yeah. Yeah, he's real cool. And you know, I just find time to do it. Like when I'm driving home or I'm doing some work, I'm listening. And man, you learn a lot of stuff. I don't listen to music anymore on my truck. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just listen to podcasts all the yeah. time. You learn a lot of stuff, man. Because everybody has. A different spin, yeah. a different angle, just get there faster. You, know what I'm you get there faster, so you shrink the time. Yeah. Um, 
So that's what uh, I would tell the wholesaler that's doing one to two deals is to go find one that's doing five to ten. That way he can he can scale to the next level. What they need to do is go to wholesaling live. Yeah, whole, I mean wholesaling live. That's where we bring this up. So the guys who are scaling, so I mean wholesaling could be you know even for those guys who are just starting off too. Absolutely. Yeah. So the, let's pull up the wholesaling live event here. So on your smartphone, tablet, computer, you just see the ad for wholesaling live. Now this is a long lineup. Let's talk about a quick synopsis of who are the, the key players or the keynote speakers. So, I mean, to be honest with you, they're all key. Right. I mean, each one of these persons are, you know, they're rock stars in their own world, okay? Uh, but we are bringing um, an up-and-comer, um, you know, for me, it was new. I didn't know this guy, uh, Rafael Vargas. He's got a huge business out of Tampa, Florida. They wholesale all over the country. And this guy's already moving into bigger things. Yeah. So um, the fact that he's coming to Wholescaling Live to, um, to, to speak about how to identify new markets and dominate them. Not how to identify the market and get in it. Yeah. No, how do you identify market and go take over the market? This, over, this is the kind of mindset this guy's got, yeah. okay? Uh, he's already built a $10 million business a year. So Wholesaling. Uh, well, he's got different things, right? So I don't know what the wholesaling number is. I'm pretty sure it's in the millions. But uh, I, I know his revenue is so, somewhere around 10 million. So um, we got him, then we got Lee Kearney, who's really a, an OG is what I call him. I mean, this, this guy's been around. He, he was, uh, one of the things that I like about him is that he was back, uh, he was in real estate when, when we had the crash. Yeah. And he survived it. So he's gonna talk a lot about how you go through that. How do you go through those cycles, you know? He's done over 7,500 deals, over $500 million in, in revenue wow. altogether. Oh, it's it's big. I mean, these guys are big. Um, so then we have uh, Don Costa, who's out of California. Uh, he's out of Fresno. He's also an OG. I actually, it's kind of funny because uh, when we were putting the, 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 the lineup together, I mentioned Don to, to my friends. Yeah. I said, like, guys, we got to bring Don Costa. These guys adds a lot of value on his podcast. And I, I, I know he's really a go-giver. So that was the first thing. They needed to be go-givers. They couldn't be, we didn't want to bring people that, I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of those guys maybe have some ego things or whatever, but we didn't want to bring people that came across as takers. We wanted to bring people that open up and share. And that's one thing that Rafael has. Uh, people, they, they don't know about it. They, they see him on Facebook or on Instagram or whatever, and because he's living the lifestyle that many people dream to live, they think, oh, he's got an ego problem. No, he's just enjoying himself. But guess what? If you go through his operations, when, when you go through his um, class or whatever, he opens up his complete, his entire architecture. Like, you can see everything down to QuickBooks. I mean, talking about, because you, you, you hear people say, oh, I make 200 grand a month. Okay, show me your QuickBooks. And then they crawfish. Right. Oh, well, I, I don't use QuickBooks. Okay, let me see your bank account. Uh, you know, oh, okay, you're not real. Well, this guy's real. He shows, you know, everything. So I'm, I'm listening. I'm, I'm telling these guys, we are done, okay, based on his experience. He, he's been flipping houses for a long time. He's doing virtual wholesaling as well now. I think he's got 63 deals going at the moment in between wow. flips and wholesales. And, uh, but I'm tuning, I tune in on his podcast. I was like, man, I'm going to check out his podcast. And he's interviewing Lee Kearney. And Lee starts talking, right? And I'm listening, right? And I'm like, man, who the hell is this guy? Like, he's done what? And when he's and he's talking stuff that makes sense. Yeah. So you understand when somebody's trying to bullshit somebody, you're like, yeah, this guy's full of it. But this guy was not. So immediately I, I called Charles and I said, Charles, do you know this guy, Lee Kearney, he's out of Tampa. 
He's like, oh, I think that's Raphael's uh, mentor. And I was like, but do you know him? And he's like, no, I don't. And I was like, how come he's not in Host Kelly Live? And he's like, well, I don't know. I don't have access to him like that. So I want to approach him directly. I don't know yeah. him. I don't know him. I pretty much cold call him. I was like, hey, man, yeah. we got this event coming up in town uh, in Houston, and you are the definition of a host skater, and I would love for you to be there. And by the way, Don Costa is going to be there. Raphael is going to be there. And he's like, oh, let me go some check some things with my people, and I'll, let, I'll get back with you. And same day, he wrote me back and said, yeah, Ricardo, I'm in. So uh, power of networks, right? So uh, then we have Steve Trang, which you follow his podcast. Yeah. Steve is is uh, is he's got a great operation in, in Phoenix. Man, he has a good operation, and he's got a good podcast. I oh, mean, yeah. they do deliver a lot of value today. My friend Charles Wynn was was there today. I saw it. I, I saw it too. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, chilling at the Airbnb, and I was looking at it. I was like, man, and, and like you said, Charles, you know, he did great. Yeah. I'm actually in the process of uh, uh, sending uh, Steve some stuff so, that he wants. So. Hopefully he'll grace us with his. Uh, You'll be blessed. Yeah. Um, so, um, so one of the things we did was, how do we really want to do this event? What do we want out of it? And one thing we wanted out of it was to create a culture, to create a culture within the people in Houston that we can work together, because there was a lot of this, you know. Oh, um, I got my own outfit, or, or we don't JV, or we don't do this, or we don't do that. Well, something that is happening in Phoenix is that all these guys, actually, they all got their own operations, but they're working together. Some of them even share office spaces, which is insane. And they're all going after the same houses, the same properties. Yeah, Sounds a lot like San Antonio. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, you don't mind me expanding on that. Like here in San Antonio, I mean, there's a lot of players, but the ones I'm going to name is like Elko, you know, Q, a good friend of ours, you know. You got Aaron Bevins, us, you know, uh, Mitzi. You got some, you know, you got quite a few players, man, that are, we all get along, you know. And there's people that I don't know, you know, that, that we've never done deals with, but everybody kind of just all gets along, you know. And and uh, I think that's really cool, man, because we I, we just had dinner with a whole bunch of uh, investors. Some of them we don't, some of them we know, some of them we don't know, you know. And, uh, yeah, that's the same concept because I think Aaron's, and Hillclaw office in the same office. I think so. Yeah, so they, yeah. I mean, same deals. And they're good guys. Yeah, they're, they're, they run good operations, you know. Um, like of Q's fixing to throw. A, um, we're going to do an event with him, I think, on the 19th. Or, and uh, JR's going to be there. And, you know, we threw an event. And a lot of people were there, you know, that, that were in the same business. Mm -hmm. And um, just everybody gets along, you know. Collaborating. Everybody gets along, collaborating. And, uh, I don't know. It's it's real neat, I think, to be here, and, and you know, work and, be, and be able to work with other people, right? Yeah. So we wanna we wanna bring that to Houston. Um, not that that is not happening. It is happening because it, a bunch of us are already working together. A bunch of us are doing JVs. I I got probably at least four or five JVs with different people right now. Um, so we're forcing that change to take place now. What happens is we bring the top players from Phoenix. We bring the top players from Tampa. We're bringing top players from Dallas, Texas, right? We're bringing a couple of guys from off, you know, like Antoine who's come from DC um, and Don coming from, from California. That synergy will start trickling down through our, through our people that are attending Hulls Getting Live. Because all these guys are really gonna share how they do stuff. 
Yeah. This is how I contract houses. This is how my cold callers are working. This is how I cold call. Or this is the system I use. Or, you know, this is how I went from 13 houses a year like Jamie Wool in Dallas to 100 houses. So... Someone with Jamie? Uh, yeah. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean... I've watched her. I don't know her personally, but... I don't know her either personally. I've, I've watched her uh, on Propelio, you know, and uh, she was actually... On the, was it on the Realtor magazine? I mean, she has a good crew, man. You know, she always comes across great. I know, I enjoy watching, man. Oh, oh, the, oh, I think all the people that we picked for Wholescaling Live are very likable, number one. Uh, number two, they're really go-givers. So they are really into showing what they do. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here. Uh, we're not paying them to come. Yeah. You know, they're coming on their own, you know, dime and, yeah. and all that. So um, it's going to be pretty intense. It's three days. Yeah. Um, basically, we're going to go from... How do you get the data all the way through even flips? Because yeah. uh, we're going to have R.J. Bates, who's a big flipper there. Yeah. Um, he's out of Dallas, right? He's out of Dallas, yeah. He, he but he wholesales to... everywhere. Yeah. He's got deals yeah. even in, in Hawaii and Alaska. And, Doesn't um, he have a team called Titanium? Titanium Vault, yeah. Yeah, I like to watch that. And, and uh, talking about uh, givers, I got to say, we got Daniel Moore yep. coming uh, next week. That dude is just... He's awesome. Right? He, he was last week in Houston, and yeah. I got to see him talk over there. He was talking about yeah. uh, micro market cycles yeah. and how, how to identify them and, yeah. and how to change them, and, you know, how to adapt to the change. And He's, he's uh, awesome. Man. So he's going to be in Wholescaling Live as well. Yeah. Uh, so we selected a bunch of uh, Jamil Damji from uh, uh, Phoenix in, in, um, uh, with Kigley, mm -hmm. which is one, Kigley, of the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. one of the biggest outfits out there that are wholesaling uh, big time. And in reality, we could have added more people it's just we didn't have a, the, the time slots for them yeah, yeah um so we're doing three days it's from nine o'clock in the morning till 6 p.m uh we're doing a couple of parties here and there because we we like to have fun um Who doesn't and, like to have fun? yeah okay. exactly so it'll be pretty much let's go to let's go let's go learn during the day let's network uh we have some great vendors coming coming to town as well uh i think we got maybe 40 or 50 vendors maybe more uh, I, I'm not handling the vendorship program, so I really don't know how many we have, but I know there are some big names in it. Um, and and then on Monday, uh, Charles had an idea. He said, Ricardo, uh, Elizabeth, and Nelson, what do you guys think if we had a, if we had an extra session? And I was like, man, I don't know. Three days is a lot. He's like, yeah, but most people will come in, they'll learn, and then they go home, and, and then the information gets lost. You know, they, yeah. they, you know. There's no actionable items. And he goes, why don't we just do like a think tank? And I was like, a think tank? He's like, yeah. It's like, literally, we get together, maybe with a couple of the speakers, if they're still around, and then we just digest the whole weekend that day. Even if it's just 20 people or 40, which at a minimum, we're probably going to have 100. because I think so. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're going to do a think tank on Monday. Uh, now, for the think tank, I, I think you got to be some sort of ticket. Uh, I, I'm not sure what the, the... I know all the premieres get it, so... Um, but uh, I don't think the general audition uh, gets it because that costs us extra money to, yeah. to put together. But, man, I mean, we're excited. It's... it's uh, well, That's great. I, wanna, I don't know, Elizabeth, personally... I want to thank her for doing that because I always watch her too on Propelio, you know. Oh, Elizabeth and Nelson yeah. are great people. Yeah. Uh, they they really love helping other people out. They they're, do, man. It's a bunch of great people, man. And they're doing the business like they're yeah. like they're actively doing stuff. They're wholesaling. They're flipping. They yeah. they're owner financing. So 
they feel the struggle that we go through. Everybody, ah. everybody, like I said earlier, they think it's glamorous, but sometimes, man, you get hit the nose, you know. And, so, uh, so we sat down and we said, okay, what are all the struggles and challenges that wholesalers go through? And we started naming them. How to get the data? How to pick a system? How to do, you know? So we started throwing all these things here, and then we was like, okay, now let's put names to it. And sometimes it will be two or three names per topic because we didn't know if these people were going to be able to accept. Yeah. Um, and we actually had to do it. We wanted to do it in November, but we had to do it in October because a few of the speakers couldn't make it in November. Yeah. They already had other engagements. So we had to change. There was a lot of logistics going behind this, uh, this event. We only put it in 90 days, less than 90 days. I think when we launched it, we were like 80 days away from it. Yeah, I remember when it came up. Right. So we're excited about it. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody out there. Um, it's going to be well, nice. At the, we're going to be there, man. Yeah. We're going to yeah. be there. Premiere, man. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm pull it back up on the screen one more time. So everyone yeah. who's watching, I mean, Wholescaling Live 2019. It's going to be in Houston at the Waterway Marriott, October 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th, if you're going to be part of the Think Tank. Yep. Uh, so look at the lineup, man. It's going to be from Rafael Vargas to trying to Ricardo himself. I mean, everyone, it's a huge lineup. You know what? Uh, we're not speaking, actually. You guys we, the four, right? No, yeah. no, we're not. We're the host. We're only opening, you know, kind of like, you know, engaging with the audience right. for a little bit. Because one, we didn't, we didn't want to be on the stage in front of our own crowd. Like, if they yeah. want to see us on stage, they go to our events already. We're yeah. they have easy access to us, so we wanted our crowd literally to be there the whole weekend to learn from all these other people that are coming from out of town. That's awesome. Man. Yes. So um, that's so yeah. We're not speaking. We're just maybe uh, taking care of all of you guys so that are coming. Is there any more premier tickets? There is some left, but not many. Well, uh, we got ours. Yeah, you're but, covered. Uh, I'm going to say something, man. If you, you know, there's the only way to go to that party. I mean, of course, anybody who wants to go should go. But, I mean, if you, you want to rub elbows, man, with the big players. Yeah. You know, what you get with the premiere is you get the network, right? Now you get to hang out with other guys that are really doing the business, that are doers, that are doing it at a different level. Or maybe some of the guys that really want to get to that level and are willing to invest in, 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 in that ticket, right? It's who you hang out with, who you become. And, and, and I'm glad you said that too because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to share something. We went to, uh, in February, oh, when was it we went to Grand Cardone's thing? I think it was March. No, uh, I don't remember. Yeah, it was March. March. It was March. No, we went to, we went to, uh, oh, March, the March 12 in February, no? Sounds about right. Okay, anyway, what I was saying is, you know, even people who, who don't can't go premiere, don't want to go premiere, they should go to be there to listen to these awesome people that are just going to take you to a whole level, you know. Not only that, um, you're going to learn from people that are much further ahead. Yeah. They've already went through a lot of those challenges that many of us are facing, um, and they have the answers. And if they don't have the answers, at least they have a roadmap. Because what we really want to create is a roadmap from getting the data all the way to collecting a check and then scaling it at large proportions. We're all scaling our businesses right now. Charles, Elizabeth, Nelson, myself, uh, you know, some of us are doing more deals than other or less deals, deals than other, but that doesn't mean that we're not going through the same processes in order to, to go to where we want to go. Um, so if I want to get to 80 houses a month, I don't know how to wholesale 80 houses a month. But guess who does? Jamil Damji does. Yeah. Right? So I'm going to be paying attention. Okay, yeah. this is what this guy is doing. So one good thing, one nugget that I take from him that we can 
will change my business completely. Yep. So people, oh, the, the tickets or order is in the woodlands, it's too far. Okay, make, quit making excuses then, you know, you, you keep living the life the way you are. You gotta, you gotta be there, man. Like I was just saying, I mean, when I brought up Grant and the Maxwell thing, we went to these events and don't get me wrong, the Grant Cardone was a bomb. But I then, love those. Yeah, and we went to the Maxwell thing and it kind of just like, I was like, well, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, so many people, man, just sharing the struggle and, and then when you guys came up with y'all's, I was like, man, this is it's just crazy. And, and it's gonna start happening more. Uh, you're yeah. gonna start seeing more people uh, that are maybe in other markets putting these things together yeah. because they make sense. You know, it's it's about helping and, and teaching other people how to you know get over the struggles and how to really grow up a, a business. Um, so uh, I re I went to I'll give you an example. I went to a tennis conference in Vegas, uh, the the GrowthCon too, and. I don't know, but somehow I ended up networking with real estate guys from all over the country, right? So I I, uh, I, I met up this guy, his name is Rashard Jennings, he's out of Atlanta, and a uh, pretty cool guy. He used to be a basketball player, and, you know, we're, we're connecting and talking, and, um, you know, we stay connected. So we texted each other, called each other from every time, you know, and then I started picking up houses in Atlanta. I guess we're the first person that I called. Hey, man, I got houses in Atlanta now. You, a title company, so that was the first thing. He's like, Ricardo, use these people. And that's the benefit of going to those events, man. People don't see it. Yeah. You know. At 10X3, that's where we met, uh, what's the name? The kid, Gun Gonzalo? Oh, yeah, Gonzalo. Yeah. Out of, out of, out of, uh, he's out of uh, Jacksonville. Him and, and his partner, Don, man, they're running a fabulous operation over there, man. They're good guys, you know, and uh, we watch their podcast. Sometimes they watch ours. And, and we're on the phone with them the other day, too, right? We're yeah. on the phone with them the other day, and yeah. we met him at 10X, and... So, so, so that's the thing, right? You, you come to Holskin and Live, you meet a bunch of other guys at many different levels, right? And now you have a question. But there was somebody from Memphis, Tennessee. And guess what? You got a deal going on in Memphis. Who are you going to call? Yeah. You're going to call the person you met. Yeah. Because you already have some sort of relationship established, right? Yeah. Um, so, network, you, that your, your network. It, your net worth is the equivalent to your network. So if you don't, if you're not constantly growing your network, then the only way to get rich is to play the lottery. Yeah. And most likely, if you don't have the mindset to keep the money, you're gonna end up losing. Yeah. Which is what happens to most people. Well, we're excited, man. We're excited. Uh, um, of course, tomorrow we're gonna have a nice party at uh, Slackers. You guys, whoever wants to come out there, uh, meet Ricardo, pick his brain. You know, come out there, talk to us. JR, we're, we we're, we're going to be giving some tickets yeah. too. So Some tickets away yeah. from Hostgate Live. I think uh, there's some sponsors Michael's going to mention in a minute. But, uh, you know, we're excited, man, to, to go, man. I'm excited to have you guys there. I know it's going to be a great weekend. Um, can we wear our colors? You can wear whatever you want. Or is it going to be formal? Nah, I mean, uh, it's really your environment, because man. Because I'm, I'm a... You know, I'm not really up to the formal thing, man. No, 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 no. I mean, it's really, it's really relaxed, right? So, yeah. I mean, it might get cold because it's a convention center, right? Yeah. But, yeah, we don't wear suits or, you well, know. We're, we're, it's not like we... We're excited, man. We're, excited. we're wholesalers and real estate investors. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, no need for suits. If you want to bring yeah. a suit, by all means. But um, We're excited to be there, man. We're excited. We're looking man. forward to have you yeah. and, and uh, everybody coming from San Antonio and everywhere else. Uh, you know, we still got plenty of general admission tickets left. Yeah. Um, we just released uh, a new section. 
because we sold out a call, uh, like the VIPs are sold out. I know the the premieres are. I don't know if they're sold out yet. They might be. Um, just go on the website and see if you can get it. If you can get it, then you're lucky. Um, because we don't have that many left. And then um, we made a new section very affordable because that one of the things is like a lot of people are like, man, but I don't have that much money. And yeah. I, I said, okay, we got more real estate. And now we said, okay, let's go release these tickets that, that way nobody has an excuse on why they're not attending. And get them, man. Get them on a bus, carpool, man. Yeah, share well, rooms with people, whatever you got to do. Yeah, get I mean, them, man. It's on your screen now, guys. So one more time, the whole scaling event. It will be uh, October 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th, Hostgilling Live. Great lineup. Ricardo and his team putting it together so we can uh, have great value. <coughs> more information, guys, make sure you guys follow Home Buying Sense Solutions, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, make sure you request membership to Home Buying Home Selling Association where there's tips and tricks on what we do. Uh, the mix that we're discussing, it is tomorrow. It's going to be a Slacker Sports Bar. There are uh, quite a few sponsors. Uh, you can see on the bottom of your screen, of course, myself, Charles, the Home Bottom Selling Solutions team. Uh, a few of us will be there, so come out, hang out with myself, Ricardo, JR, the sponsors that are there. Let's network, let's try to create some deals. And again, let's bring up the whole skin live because that's I think that's very important. Uh, like they're saying, it's going to be a great event. Make sure you guys get your tickets. Uh, Charles, myself, and a few of the guys here, we're going to be there for sure, so we'd love to see everyone else out there. Uh, next month's Lunch Learn is going to be How to Find Deals with Daniel Moore who is the CEO of Propelio. Uh, it is sponsored by Allison with Tipton Law Firm, Raul with All Foundation, Caitlin with Wildcat Lending. Uh, come hang out with myself, Charles, the Home Bottom Sound Solutions team. Uh, it's gonna be a great event. Yeah, you wanna plug in your Instagram again? Yeah, my, my Instagram <coughs> account is the Truth Behind Success. Uh, basically on that on the podcast, uh, if you, uh, you can find it on, YouTube, on um, iTunes as well. I just talk about really, uh, how to overcome struggles and the struggles that we go as human beings, right? Um, and what it is that I do to to conquer them, conquer your own demons, you know, right? So that's what I talk about in the truth behind success. And sometimes I do say things about real estate, but it's not it's really awesome, real estate related. Um, just because my 90% of the stuff I do is real estate related. Um, and then uh, you can find me on the Renovating Riches Radio podcast where we educate for free. We don't expect anything in return other than a like or maybe send us a comment or whatnot. Can you say that again? Renovating Riches Radio. Uh, we're on YouTube, on iTunes, everywhere. Pretty much. Um, we've been doing it now for two years. That's great. Uh, when we started it, we just wanted to give back. And we, we enjoy doing it. Dennis and I, we have, a, we have fun doing it. Um, now we're starting to do it like prior to our networking events. It's getting easier that way. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all over Facebook and, and Instagram. I'm easy access, so now it takes me a little while to get back to people because, you know, we're busy. But um, I tend to get back to, to most of the messages that we get. And if you have any questions regarding mailers or how to mail, how to pick a list or whatnot, feel free to reach out. Plug your service too, man. Yeah, so I uh, directmail.com, that's where we sell our postcards and yellow letters. If your budget is real, real tight, then I would just tell you, let me do the list for you, because I can give you a free list pretty much. Yeah. You, I just need to know where. Um, and um, it's, it's gonna be an equity list for the most part. Yeah. And um, you just put the order and, and then we'll we'll take care of you. Uh, we have a quick turnaround, so we can you can put an order today and we'll, our postcards are, your phone is ringing in three to four days. So. That's really cool, man. I mean, you guys yeah. doing that, you know, because. A lot of people are on a budget, they don't want to get the list. 
and now you got an expert who's who, of course, if you don't have the money, um, it's going to point you in the right direction. Yeah, and it's in thousands and thousands of letters, right? And over the past as many as you years. can afford, right? So uh, one of the things about mailers is you have to be consistent. If you're not going to be consistent, then uh, then don't get in the whole business whatsoever, because for everything you do, you got to be consistent. But most people come in, they put up, they they send a thousand or two thousand, and then. Hey, your list doesn't work. Uh, I was like, dude, <coughs> this is the first touch. You're supposed to touch them six and seven times to get one or two deals. Yeah. So that's a challenge, right? Uh, what I found out is three years later, they call me. Hey, are you still interested in buying my house? <laughs> Absolutely. And then when I ask him about the number, uh, you know, when we started, we really were doing it like stupidity on steroids. We yeah. didn't know what we were doing. So we're putting our cell phones on our letters. Mm. And three, like a year like a year ago, we get a call and I'm looking it up on my CRM and I'm trying to find it because it's all hooked up to our call rail, right? And I asked Dennis, like, Dennis, where is this call coming from? Because I cannot find it. He's like, I don't know, let me see. So he starts looking on his phone because it, it was his phone. And he looked at it and he's like, huh, that's weird. I don't know. So anyways, we left it at that. We had an appointment, more, very motivated. And we get there, and then I go, excuse me, uh, how do you, like, how do you get our number? Like, and she's like, oh, I got in one of them yellow letters. And I was like, okay, can I see it? And she pulled it out, right? And I'm looking at this thing. It's three years old now. And I'm looking at the phone, and I'm just laughing. And I show it to them. It's like, look, this is your cell phone, man. We didn't know what we were doing, but we were taking action. So we're like, hey, we don't, cool, we don't have to figure out the CRM right now or the yeah. call rate or whatever. We just need to print out these letters, put our cell phones in them. And take action. Right? And take action. Take and take action. and that, that was a house that paid us $25,000. For a three-year-old car, man. Yep, for a three-year-old letter. So I've been on here for about a, a little long. It's probably, to be honest, this is actually our longest podcast. Our longest podcast. Ever did, man. So we appreciate all the knowledge, Ricardo, that you're sharing about wholescaling, about sharing your event. Man, we appreciate you guys coming down from Houston to do a networking event tomorrow, guys. So make sure you guys... Uh, come hang out with us. Uh, pick Ricardo's brain about wholescaling. And the last time when he was drinking, he was just sharing a lot of knowledge to the last mixer. So we'll get get a couple beers in him, and I'm sure he'll. Even when I'm sober, man, I, I don't mind. I mean, it's it's you know, it's uh, it, the the more people I help, the better. The better will. Well, I can attest to this, man, because the last time you were here at our office, they just went from talking, boom, boom, boom. Next thing you know. You were just open book, man. Just literally, right? Just showing the books. Everything, man. Just everything. Just here, guys. This is how you do it. This is how I do it. And man, it was beautiful, man. I appreciate that. Bro. No, no, my pleasure. Uh, yeah, I mean, it went from a five minute chit chat to three, four, life. four, five hours. Yeah, it was a long way. And now, uh, Ricardo actually, and when when Ricardo left, I was telling Charles, man, no one's really actually actually opened up the books to us. And like, hey, man, this is how I'm doing it in Houston. This is how I'm wholesaling 10, 15 houses a month. So Charles and I really uh, appreciate that. Oh, thank yeah. you so much. My pleasure. I'm willing to help as many uh, as I can. Um, if I can touch one life in a positive way, then uh, it's it's a great you know it's a great thing. So well, it's a good journey, man. And for us, dude, it's been you know we met you know from right away. I knew you were a class act, and uh, you know we're really happy to be in your presence, man. So I I appreciate it. I'm honored to be here with you guys and. Uh, See you tomorrow at the, Let's at the Slackers. Tomorrow, Let's have some fun. So like you said, he does want to just give away, give away, and that's why he's doing Hostgetting Live, so make sure you guys look into that. Now, Ricardo, 
This is podcast number 19, man. All right. And every single podcast, we always end with the same thing. And we end with the same thing is here at Home Bottom Sun Solutions. We uh, we believe in every dollar counts. Yeah. Whether you're a seller, a buyer, a wholesaler, a flipper, you know, trying to get your first deal, trying to do your first flip. It's very important, even for someone who, who's selling their distressed house as a seller, every dollar counts. So here, we, we really uh, believe in that. And so that's why it's on our shirts and it's on our banners. And uh, we save often when we can. So we always end the meeting with that. Perfect. So we're going to end that with that. Uh, one more time, guys. Let's do the last little intro here. Make sure you guys follow us on Biosense Solutions. <coughs> Make sure you guys go out to the Lunch and Learn, which is going to be uh, next month. The Mixer is tomorrow, guys. We'll see you at the Mixer tomorrow at Slacker Sports Bar. It starts at 6.30. So we'll be there uh, 6.30ish, and we'll get the ball rolling. And, of course, the big one is Wholesaling Live 2019. Make sure you come hang out with uh, Charles, myself, and, of course, everyone else who is on that awesome lineup. So back to that, again, Ricardo, man, it was, it was great having you. Last words of wisdom for anyone watching? Take action. Don't overthink it. Don't get hung up on systems. Don't get hung up on what is the best this or what is the best that. Just go do stuff. And don't stop, man. And don't stop. You can't stop. Yeah, I like what you said. Do stuff, man. Just, yeah. just get it done, man. Get it done. Just get it done. Just go... Like, you asked me about what would you tell a wholesaler, like what list or what to do, or it's just pick one and run. It's like, and run as fast as you can and, and fail forward as fast as you can. I like that part because you're gonna fail, man, and you gotta keep going. Yeah, you know, people, a lot of people don't share their failures, and, and so, and we've been conditioned since school that failing is bad by being graded. Right, so now that we be when we become adults, we don't want to fail. It's it, it's on our, it's on our DNA. So one thing that I was good at when I was young, it was a failing because I yeah. failed all my life. So now to me, it's a piece of cake to go through failures. You know, I was like, okay, this one didn't work. Next, you know. So just take that and and, and run with it, and 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 you know, you should get results. That's awesome. And if you're not getting results, change the way you're doing it. You know. I, I know you want to end, Mike, but I'm going to tell Carlos. I always tell people this. I said, man, if you're getting discouraged and if you're trying to do this business or any business, and look, you know, we're all fine. We're all going to find our level of success at some point, whether it's up there, down here, whatever. But I tell everybody, man, you got to keep digging, man. Keep digging. You got to keep digging. And if you haven't hit it yet, keep digging because at some point you're going to hit. You're going to hit. And you're gonna understand that's how hard you gotta work to get yours, and it's different for everybody, mm -hmm. you know. But if you stop, you're not ever gonna nobody, you know. And and so I always tell my people, man, just just you gotta keep going, man. You gotta keep going, and then you're gonna you're gonna find your hole, the the bottom of your hole at some point, and you're gonna know. Okay, now I know, and and uh, so that's cool, man. Don't ever stop. Don't ever stop, and just go for it. All right, Mr. Michael. All right. Well, there's a lot of. I mean, I forgot about the comments to be honest. With you. But Elizabeth is saying what's up. So shout out to Elizabeth, Alejandro. Uh, Elizabeth is plugging in, hosting live. John Costa's awesome show. Raymond, uh, Elizabeth says consistency is key. And we got William Baker here. Uh, so shout out to everyone who's watching. Again, guys, uh, Ricardo, for the last time, man, uh, great having you on this podcast. Man. Honor, honor to be here, guys. Uh, and I'm pretty sure we can do another round uh, yeah. next year or whatever. I want to do a quick shout out to William, man. Mayor William. Yeah. And today, call me, man. He, he sent me a deal. And William, he sent me a deal. We're going to work on that. Hopefully, we get a contract on it tomorrow. 
If it is, you know, uh, shout out to you, brother. Good, good deal. That, yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. was a good deal. It was a good meeting. Uh, so again, Ricardo, every dollar counts. Uh, let's go ahead and sign off with that. I appreciate you having me here on, on this podcast, man, and appreciate you coming to San Antonio and uh, throwing this network tomorrow. So with that being said, guys, we will see you next Wednesday at six thirty here at Home by Home Solutions, where every dollar counts. Every dollar counts. Every dollar counts. And that was like. Ripple effect, man. Every dollar counts. All right, ready? One more time. Do it again, ready? See you next Wednesday at 6.30 here at Home Buying Home Selling Solutions, where? Every dollar counts. counts. All right.